All right, gentlemen. So you're all well aware uh, that we started this podcast uh, and with the start of the podcast was the start of the age of Luigi. This is a running gag slash uh, kind of mission for the podcast, right? Um, today, I've taken some creative liberties and ushered in a new age uh, for the podcast uh, and with it, uh, a commemorative new uh, theme song. Uh, so, you know, typically we start our podcasts out by, you know, saying like, like doing some funny quips and then saying theme song and then the theme song plays. But, you know, the theme song is actually going to come first as a part of this commemoration of this new age that the podcast is being ushered into. Uh, gentlemen, are you ready to uh, Did it actually witness? happen? Did this actually what are you talking ha- about? Did this actually? Okay, go play it. Play it. I want to hear it. I have my, yeah, I'm ready. Shouts out to the Motion Pixel Podcast. No fucking way. Yeah, you know, Lil B. <laughs> I think I know the bass guy as well. Shout out Matthew Meyer and Andrew Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it. Shout out everybody playing baseball. <laughs> what? what the? Wow. F- uh, that happened. It so happened? Yes. Uh, it happened. We. Uh, we made contact with one of my favorite rappers ever, Little B, uh, the bass god. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Wait, what? Collab. This is not a meme. I mean, it is a meme, but it's not a meme. Uh, I reached out. Uh, I I had done some like uh, speculative uh, web or web development for Little B when I was in college, or tried to, and I had his like contact information then, and I I leveraged it. For this collaboration to usher in the new based age of the motion pixels podcast it's a very rare age uh, a very based age but yes we do have a collaboration fresh out the oven from one of my favorite rappers little be the based god wait and i'm he, confused he it, did get it, our names wrong uh that is you know <laughs> just part of the creative process it's part of that like that makes this, it better dude yeah, yeah it's a it's a bouquet of flavor <laughs> that we've been we've little b yes the bass god and yeah it's a long it's a long story but when i was in college uh i was an ra and resident assistant like i I was an upperclassman living with like freshmen you know keeping them in line and uh Mm. i had like door decorations and like uh these like bulletin boards that i would make that were all decorative and one time i made one that was full of little b's tweets because uh, I don't know if any if any of any of our listeners are not aware, Little B, the bass god, uh, was like one of the first like viral celebrities on social media, and his Twitter is just like wild. He has like uh, just check out his Twitter, but he has these like very I don't know like nuggets of wisdom that he slings over on Twitter, and I filled like a bulletin board full of them, and that got noticed and and put uh, online, uh, and I was invited to. Uh, the bitch mob task force which is this like invite only <laughs> little b fan group and then from there i like wanted to like develop little b an app and reached out to him we talked for a while nothing ever came of it when i was in college but i still had his contact information and uh made this happen and you just said i don't know ad lib some stuff yeah essentially essentially and uh, that's he, awesome he did get our names wrong and i did say one of the jokes of the podcast is we talk about the uh twilight 
baseball scene, the baseball scene from Twilight, which is this one uh-huh. of the best baseball scenes of all time. I told that to him. Um, and I think he uh, took that and made the shout out to that even broader because he says just anyone who plays <laughs> anybody, out, whether you're a, whether you're a werewolf or a vampire. Yeah. Everyone playing human. baseball. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Nice and, job. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Shout out to base God. Shout just out to at, base God and baseball. Isn't that where the phrase based comes from anyway? As far as I'm aware. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. All right, well, we're officially based. We're official, literally officially based. Uh, this yep. is the first base podcast we're doing, uh, and you know, I, I anticipate all of our future podcasts will be based as well. Yeah, well, we've been based this entire time, but now it's kind of like it's set in stone, you know. Yeah, now it's like uh, we have like kind of like a certificate of authenticity. I would it's kind of like everybody knew that Leonardo DiCaprio was a very good actor, but until he like he won the oscar it wasn't really official but everybody kind of knew that it, that it, that he was like the best actor ever you know so we finally got our oscar is what i'm trying to say yeah and now you're the uh instead of the bad boy of comedy you're the based boy of comedy so. <laughs> yes yeah you need to introduce me as the based boy of comedy from now on actually that's a good point because this is the motion pixels podcast I'm your co-host, August Meyer, otherwise known as uh, Andrew Rawlings. Uh, August, say hello. Hello. Uh, joined by my co-host, Matthew Rawlings, otherwise known as Matthew Meyer. Matthew, say hello. Hello. And joined once again by the formerly bad boy of comedy, newly based boy of comedy, Dane Kevin Cook. Uncle Dane, D- Dane, say hello. Hello. Because this is the Motion Pixels podcast. Back at it once again in a new based age. Theme song. Shouts out to the Motion Pixel Podcast. Yeah, I do know Lil B. I think I know the bass guy as well. Shout out Matthew Meyer and Andrew Rawlings. Let's get it. Again, for <laughs> measure. Why not? Why yeah, not? Just play Why it not? again. V- victory lap. Back to back. Play it at the end, too. Yeah, we will. We will play it at the end. Uh, yeah, and you know maybe future collaborations with Little B will happen. Who knows? You know, we've been talking I a hope little so. bit. Get him on the pot. <laughs> I <laughs> would love that. It could happen. We we talked about it. You know, but I don't want to. You know, I'm playing this. Got my cards pretty close to the chest here, so we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad you guys enjoyed my big surprise. Um, but outside of my big surprise, my big based surprised. Uh, this week, we, I think, are going to be talking about or trying to get to these topics. Uh, Demon Souls for the PS5, and really just the PS5 in general. Uh, it's cool. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. All of us played it. Uh, Dan, have you beat it? Yeah. Okay. Matt, have you beat it? No, I haven't played it in uh, like a month at this point. Oh, boy. Me too. Okay. Uh, I am on the very last mission, and I've just been doing like side quests before I end it. And I know I can like do it and then we'll we'll get to it but yeah. uh we're all we'll also be discussing winks or should i say fate the winks saga I, th- I think is that what it's called matt uh yep that's what it's called oh boy well we'll be talking about that whatever that is uh as well as the uh well horrible horrible film uh wonder woman 1984 uh yeah we watched that uh or i think matt and i watched that dane watched the cliff notes which i wish i had just watched um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking about that as well. But uh, you know what? Well, I want to start 
by talking about cyberpunk what was y'all's experience with cyberpunk like what'd you play it on what how would you what'd you think i played it on pc it's yeah, the I only way all i played did, video right? games yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i thought you played it on ps5 for some reason or ps4 wait what is it for ps4 and ps5 it, it's, it's this really weird rollout where they released it for xbox one and ps4 but then it's like backwards compatible and i guess runs runs better on the newer systems oh wait wouldn't backwards compatible make sense if it was for the PS5, but then you could play it on the PS4? Yeah, it's a really weird situation. And like the actual PS5 upgrade isn't going to be coming out until like late 2021, if that. Of Cyberpunk? Of Cyberpunk, yeah. yeah. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, I played it on a PC. Everybody did. And uh, I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. I, I had, I, I got uh, like 70 hours in the game and i played pretty much non-stop the first week or two that it was out and um i enjoyed myself a lot i mean like i i will say the glitches are funny but um i don't know it's it's like what is it like it's like when i played um outer worlds like i had you know a decent amount of fun playing outer worlds but after I was done with the game, I was like, I, I don't have any real reason to keep playing it. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, as far as I know, th- any r- any updates that they made to Outer Worlds were way too late for anybody to care. So I'm hoping that that's not the case with Cyberpunk. I heard that, or I read like on Twitter that they're they're gonna come out with like new patches pretty soon, as well as like um, full fledged content updates and DLC and stuff like that. So like I'll probably revisit the game when those come out, but since that's not anywhere in the near future, like I can't really see myself like casually picking up the game again. I don't really feel the itch. I've been playing more Skyrim lately. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you're not the first person is... who I've heard that from, actually. Yeah, that's exactly what? the playing Skyrim now. Oh, Skyrim. Yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. I don't know. Uh, that game is practically timeless. It's one of my favorite games. So, and there, I could say that it the type of it's the same type of game as cyberpunk and um skyrim has a lot more replayability already i feel than cyberpunk but hard to say maybe i'll come back and play it and i'll be like oh yeah this is actually cool to come and revisit so so time will tell you compared it to the outer worlds would you and i i mean i like the outer worlds a lot um i didn't i didn't beat that though um how would you compare it to the outer worlds which one did you like better and why well um outer worlds is like if somebody tried to make um, a Fallout game, but they're they like have only really seen pictures of Fallout, <laughs> or like they they read the Wikipedia on Fallout and they were like, oh yeah, I can make that. So they made that. But I don't know. The thing that I don't like about the Outer Worlds is that it's too much of an RPG, and I know that that's probably sacrilege in the like RPG community or whatever, because. It definitely feels like um, when it comes to single player RPGs, it, like the consensus in like the YouTube comments and the Reddit posts that surround like the trailers for these games, people are like begging, just begging for like a pure like RPG experience where they can like develop relationships with the characters and get like long winded backstories on every like janitor that fucking works at <laughs> like every inn and tavern and. That is not something that I'm interested in at all, and it feels like the Outer Worlds tried very hard to 
give it that feel. And uh, it feels like Cyberpunk wants their game to be like that, but they also added a lot of what I consider the fun part of open world games, which is like customization of uh, like your character and stats and, and like grinding for weapons and, and loot and basically like a loot and shoot kind of game, which Outer Worlds wasn't enough of that for me. But Cyberpunk uh, was a lot of a bit, it was like a little bit of everything, but it was all very like surface level. Like it's not deep enough. Like Skyrim has like crazy deep like customization and and like you can play as like a, a specific role uh, and dedicate yourself to it and you'll be relatively successful. But it, it definitely feels like in Cyberpunk, it's like you either shoot people or you don't. <laughs> like there's not really a whole lot of uh variety there. Um but yeah, I guess I was just comparing it to Outer Worlds because it felt like Cyberpunk was trying to be uh, a game that it's not and uh and that's kind of the vibe that I got from both of those games because it felt like Cyberpunk was like we want to be like uh, Grand Theft Auto but in in uh, the future. But like everything about Grand Theft Auto is done way more um like polished. It's very weird. Yeah, I I got the exact same feeling, especially about uh, the Grand Theft Auto comparison. Um, like th- Cyberpunk nails so many things, and it's so impressive in so many parts of it. But then so other, so many other parts of it are just so, like you were saying, like surface level, uh, not deep at all. Like you are this like potential criminal in Night City, this futuristic cyberpunk city, and if you like, you know shoot someone's head off in the middle of the street like you might in gta in gta the cops will start chasing you and it's whole this whole kind of like meta mini game in cyberpunk like cops just like spawn out of nowhere right in front of you try to kill you and then if you like run down the street away from them they forget about you entirely there's no like notoriety yeah. system it's all very like it, a lot of things feel really tacked on in cyberpunk mm-hmm. the law enforcement mechanics in the game are very it leaves a lot to be desired for sure. And I was also disappointed because in some in one of the trailers or, or at some point, I got the impression that there was this system where you could scan random people walking on the street, like the the random, uh, any of the random like actors that you see just like walking down the, the road. I was under the impression that you could scan them and some of them have bounties or warrants for their arrest and you are allowed to like take those guys in for a bounty but that doesn't seem to be the case in the game at all in fact the only people that you can scan who have bounties are people who are like clearly like gang members who are just standing there where if you stand too close to them for long enough they will shoot back at you anyway yeah so i was disappointed in that that seemed like it would have been a very fun like time waster is just like patrol the streets and like scan people and find out like what they've done wrong and like the fun little i i do like the fun little like because you can read the descriptions on like when you scan them it shows you like what their warrants are for and like you can read them and it says stuff like assault and battery or like uh grand theft auto and stuff like that and i was thinking like oh it'd be fun if you were going to role play as like a a vigilante and you can scan people and you can determine based on like the random set of <laughs> of like uh uh, accusations or whatever that you were going to take them in or whatever. Like if you saw somebody was like pet for petty thievery or something like you decide, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to cash that one in. That's not worth it. But yeah, like, if you saw he, one, some guy that like is, a um, has a warrant for his arrest for like raping somebody, <laughs> then like, obviously like 
that's like somebody you should be taking down. And, and like you that's were not saying, a feature. Like the the people who you can scan, who are these like dudes with guns, you know, hanging out. Uh, that are, <laughs> yeah, are clearly, the, the people who are clearly <laughs> criminals, uh, like the guys with high-powered machine guns hanging out, like by a burning car or something. Yeah, like. and they're and they're saying, "Hey, <laughs> don't get too close to us, or we'll shoot you." Yeah, uh, even those guys, like, there's no the AI is just get close to them and they will shoot you. There's no like it, you can't engage <laughs> yeah. them and like kind of pay them off or like there's no like can't really role play unless you're ro- role playing as like a psycho killer, which is what I ended up doing. I I when I was playing, <laughs> yeah, I just ended up. Uh, killing everyone taking like the super quick way out of pretty much everything i used the mantis blades which are these like retractable blades that come out of your arms like almost exclusively in the game and uh those are op yeah super op and i just sliced through everyone and i played a very like i role played a little bit as like an anti-corpo uh nomad so i was like a from like a biker gang kind of background which is the the nomad clan and uh anytime i saw corpo people around the city i would just go and like slice them up and kill all of them and Mm -hmm. it was fun but there's just no consequences for it like you could just do that yeah and it's not like the corpos have like a vendetta against you or the police are like out to find you ever you just have to kill all of them who you target and get away and then you're fine so kind of takes some of the fun out of it but um being a psycho killer in the future you know not all that bad Apparently not. I mean, like, you could canonically write it off as, like, oh, it's just, like, a lawless Wild Wild West kind of city. But, I don't know. It feels weird. Especially since, like, the police are apparently very advanced and they should be able to take out criminals very quickly at the same time, so. Yeah, a lot of things are, like, hinted at as being really, really cool and, like, um, impactful in the game. Like, in the first mission, this is not a spoiler because this was it, like, uh, I mean, I guess it's technically a spoiler, but not much of one because... This mission was like in a bunch of demos that were public like years ago. And uh, it's like the first mission of the game pretty much. But you go and find this like woman who is about to be like harvested for her cyberware, like her implants, uh, who's in like Mm -hmm. an iced bathtub. And you kill all of the like scavengers trying to harvest her organs and uh, bring her to the trauma team, which is this like really cool high tech uh What's the term like ambulance? ambulances? It's basically, like a, yeah. It's like a flying, flying car. Cars. It's a flying car that comes right up to like the the patio on this like gigantic high rise that you're on, and they like medevac her out. And I was expecting that to be like a really big part of the game because it kind of sells it like that in the beginning. But yeah. I didn't see them at all. I'm like you said, you. No, were, they're not I'm, in the game after I'm that. About <laughs> seventy hours in, oh. I'm on the last mission of the whole game, and I've not seen them once. They're there. And they're just like unused, though. Like so much of what you guys are saying is like why I stop playing it like i think i got probably i don't know probably like 60 percent, maybe 70 percent through the main story but um my friend who was playing at the same time he he's already beat it like three times and was going really deep and looking at stuff and like everything you guys are talking about like the random criminals that hang around and the crime system that feels like underbaked like all that stuff feels that way because it was like they were trying to do more with it there's been like a lot of data mining and you look back at old demos and stuff things were hinted and shown that didn't end up making it into the game like you know uh, a good example is like there's crime scenes that are spread around the city you know like there'll be the cops Mm -hmm. will have a perimeter up and they're like looking at something there right and yeah for for like pretty much how the game plays it off is that it's just kind of like a random thing that's there um and 
that you can't do anything with it. What those were supposed to be was like a, I guess like an Arkham Knight style or maybe some other detective game would be better to use an ex- as an example. But you would have to like analyze the crime scene and then figure out who did it mm. and then go capture him. That was just like one thing that they were going to do, but they had to cut it. So now you see that like remnant in there, you know, and like you can see trauma team all over the city. Like if you're going around, you'll just see them hanging out there, but you can't do anything. And that, and all they do is just stand there and they're like elite units that you can't fight. So there's probably going to be something with that too, but they cut it, you know? And it's like, yeah, there's like so much in the game feels like that it kind of it's kind of sad because like the game is i like i enjoyed it while i was playing it um like because like all the 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 thing that i think cd project red is really good at is like missions and whatnot and there's a lot of really good well-developed characters and mission lines in that game but like everything else in this game is just kind of uh and it's like all the same issues that kind of existed in witcher 3 but also like worse because you can see they tried to do more and just ended up not being able to, <laughs> you know, like they just had to cut it. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the things yeah, that like, yeah. uh, one of the coolest parts about the game, it, like you were saying is the characters and how different people uh, like treat you. Like the dialogue system is pretty cool. Um, if not a little contrived, like there was some parts in the game where I would try to like get specific outcomes. Cause I would hear about like a cool thing I wanted to experience. And if you go and look at like guides of what conversation choices to make, some of them just didn't make any sense to me. Like, why would I ever naturally choose this sequence of dialogue to get this this cool outcome? But whatever. Most of the dialogue is is pretty cool. Um, and one thing I was excited for, Matt, that you're like kind of like what you're talking about, like something that I know was advertised but got cut was there were supposed to be like fashion factions, like uh, kinds of outfits you could you could wear that would make people treat you a certain way. Like some like if you wore I forget the names of them, but they all had these like cool, they were kind of like fashion gangs where if you wore like flowery, like boas and, or like feathery boas and like leopard print and chains and stuff like that, <laughs> like a certain faction of people would like you and a certain faction of people would dislike you and whatnot. Um, and then there was like the preppy corpo people with really elegant suits and things like that, who they would all treat you like, you know, uh, like one of theirs, uh, and whatnot, but that's just not in the game. And the, uh, the, the way that, uh, equipment and clothing works it's more or less like a loot shooter like kind of like destiny where you're always finding gear that has slightly higher stats and things like that but um a lot of it is really cosmetic too and while there is certainly like a, a big variety like you can kind of look however you want to look it's kind of frustrating because sometimes you're not able to upgrade like one piece of clothing that you think looks cool you're not able to always upgrade that up to a high enough level where it's viable to wear um because it's not like the certain tier of equipment that you need to to be able to upgrade um and i just find that kind of find that kind of limiting like there's no like transmogification uh in the game so like in the end game when i have like as much money as i could ever want and i want to look however i want to look you had i had to make some like stat uh sacrifices for that which is a little frustrating for me definitely i love the atmosphere of the game the world building is there it could be expanded upon but it's very it's still intriguing and they, they it hit you over the head with it to, too in a good way like there's not yeah. a whole lot of like explanation people use slang and jargon that you're just kind of expected to pick up on which i love that yeah. like it makes me feel like i'm respected as people a calling me chumba consumer. and yeah. i'm like i don't know what that means but 
I mean, you get it. You're like, okay, I guess it just means like buddy because the way that it's been used. So it's cool in the way that that happens. And like I said, the atmosphere of the city, like there are so many moments where it's just so, it's cool to just stand there and take in everything because it's very well, like I've, I feel like I've said this before. I don't know if I said it to you guys privately or to anybody else whenever uh, I was playing the game at the time, but I feel like they spent all of their money or at least all of the very like talented creative people on the team were the artists and they spent all of their money on like the art direction and stuff because the there's not a single corner of that city that doesn't look like it was handmade in some oh, way yeah. and it's amazing and i love that because uh the city is massive everything in the game is like pretty huge by an open world game standard and yet there doesn't seem to be any part of the city that is just like Oh, I've seen that before. I've seen that texture already. I've seen like that, that like arrangement of things. Like, not a whole lot of it is copy and paste. I don't think I've seen the same graffiti pattern anywhere. I think that literally there was like a graffiti guy whose job it was was to go to every wall in the city and paint some graffiti that looked different. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. In so, the, like, the things like that are too. so cool, huh? The graffiti's dope too. Like the yeah, it looks the really nice and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, the special like uh, collectible graffiti stuff. Yeah, they look cool. Um, so I will give the game that that is very visually nice and appealing, and like if anything, it's cool for that reason because I'm a big fan of aesthetics and I like uh I like spectacle, <laughs> big fan of spectacle in in movies and video games. So, um, there is that. However, what you were just talking about with the, like the the gear system, I absolutely cannot stand it. It is so frustrating because I want to look a certain way because my character is like built a certain way. And yet I feel like in order to look the way that I want, I have to wear gear that is like half my level. And it's like, well, I'm just going to die more often because I'm just wearing like lower statted gear. Can't you just upgrade Uh, everything? You can, but it's very uh, expensive. And pointless also. Hmm. I did that with all my weapons. Like I, got, I guess. I find like a good weapon. I don't know. I always just change my armor. So I don't know if it works the same way. But my weapons. Like, I don't know. I, kn- I didn't. I guess I didn't. Uh, I didn't really get too invested in the upgrading system. I kind of. I, what I like it, about it is that it's very um, reminiscent of, of like a loot and shoot kind of game. Like what I assume Destiny is and what like a lot of Fallout 76 is. Where you go into an area or a dungeon or you shoot a group of enemies and then you loot them and maybe they'll have some gear that's good. And you'll be like, oh, I can replace this uh, slot with this one because this is better than the one I have and it looks better and I like the way that it looks and stuff. Or you can say like, oh, I didn't get the one I want onto the next place. Like, And that game loop is fun. And I thought that I was, I, I thought that that was like the mid to end game loop and like, I don't know, a few dozen hours into it i was like this is pointless because i can just upgrade what i have and uh i don't know i was like against i was against the idea of upgrading because i was like i don't want the game to be that where it's just like oh "Oh, i found the thing that i want and now i'm gonna (laughs) yeah it was kind of sad to find that that was the case because i i think maybe the logic behind having you upgrade things was there are like epics and legendaries that are unique ish so you can build a character from those but 
Yeah, it, but they're very limited. Yeah, they are. And that's what I was going to say. It's like every time I found like a rare legendary sniper, it's almost always just better than the last one I had. Yeah. So I've just always yeah. upgraded when I found a new one, and then I'll upgrade it till I find another new one that just happens to be better. Wait, Matt, what's your favorite sniper in the game? Um, The one you got from Pan Am. I think it's called oh, yeah. Overwatch. That Overwatch, Overwatch, yeah. Baby, that's my favorite gun. Yeah. Well, see, that, that one was really good. That's the best gun in the game. <laughs> yeah, it's good. And then there's a side quest where I think it's one of the side quests where you're doing all the fist fights. Um, you fight this one guy and he is like low on money or you can like you can like bait him into upping the bet by putting in his favorite sniper rifle from like some war he was in. And so if you do that and then beat him, then he just tries to kill you. So you kill him and take his gun. That sniper is actually like really good, too. That's the one I ended up switching off of. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but Overwatch looks sick because it looks like a fucking Halo sniper. And that's the best part. Oh, yeah, it feels yeah. just <laughs> like it. It's like, and it has a giant like silencer on the end of it. It's so rad. Yeah. It looks like a freaking bazooka. Did you guys get, I think I talked to you about this, Matt. Uh, but Dane, did you get the uh, like American Eagle Patriot machine gun? No. Dude, okay. So you crash this like, this is like a really, really small side quest, I think. Because I kind of like broke it. Like I got like the double jump perk and I double jumped on top of this roof party that was happening. And the, uh, I think the quest was like investigate a noise complaint. So I double jump on the, on the roof of this roof party happening. And there's all these like dudes in American flag outfits and like cowboy hats who were like, what the fuck are you doing here? And like immediately started (laughs) attacking me. And I don't know if there was like a side quest associated with that where I could have talked to them, but I just killed all of them. And you find this like legendary iconic, uh, assault rifle i'd never use assault rifles except for this one (laughs) where it has the auto target feature where you get this like really big like rectangular reticle that's like several inches long that like can just will just shoot anyone who's in that uh viewfinder (laughs) but it can shoot five people at once Hmm. it's uh it's pretty awesome to use when you're fighting a bunch of dudes i have no i had i tried to get into the smart weapons and i just couldn't get into them i think that i like the visceral feeling of pulling the trigger and yeah. aiming myself me, me too me too <laughs> I, I i like i was running around with a with a pretty darn good uh auto like a, what do you call it, a smart weapon and i don't know i just like i felt like i f- could feel my mouth hanging open <laughs> it was just yeah. like that was the point of the game where i was like all right this game is getting kind of boring so i just like intentionally switched back to manual weapons because i felt like it was just more fun but um i i love crafting systems and games and like the crafting system in this game just leaves so much to be desired and it like directly impacts uh like my fun in the loot and shoot aspect as well because with um like compared to skyrim which (laughs) i've been playing a lot of again and it's just like one of my favorite games is like always been one of my favorite games but i come back and i play it again all the time and that game has a great crafting and uh, enchanting system, really. I mean, it's all about the enchanting because you can enchant anything, really. I mean, if you find some clothes that you like, then you can enchant them and give them the best stats ever. And now you can wear those clothes and you don't have to worry about like, I don't know, you don't have to worry about like, oh, I found this really, really good, like it's like the best armor ever, but it looks like shit. That sucks. (laughs) Like, I feel obligated to wear this because then I'll have better stats but but I also look like an idiot in the game um 
but that doesn't really matter if you train your enchanting really high, because if you get 100 in enchanting, then you can enchant literally anything you find, and it'll be just as good as any of the best armor in the game. So it's like, there's a way to have your cake and eat it too, and there doesn't really seem to be that in Cyberpunk, and it's disappointing to say the least. Yeah, there's a lot of like customization stuff in Cyberpunk that I would have thought would have been way deeper considering the subject matter of the game where it's all about the society where everyone is swapping their parts out all the time. Like the character customization, like I I had just played Demon Souls and I spent like an hour plus in the Demon Souls uh character creator making a character who looked like just like me. And it it was cool because <laughs> then I played the game and you know it was like me in the game as like this mage who was hella OP. Um, but in Cyberpunk, I felt like like my character looked so much like tons of my friends who were also playing as characters. And I, I got some cool options that I liked, but it just seemed like the game sold itself as this like endless character creator that people were saying like, I'm going to buy the game just to use the character creator to install cyberware in my face and all of that. But there's not a lot of that. Um, it felt yeah. honestly not too much deeper than like a Tony Hawk pro skater uh character customizer not to mention and this is the flaw that we saw in fallout 4 when you give the main character like the player character a voice and that person's voice actor isn't very good <laughs> uh or at least they're like super bland and forgettable uh it kind of takes a lot away from the rpg part of the game for me at least uh i think with like i've never played witcher 3 but I know a lot of people like the main character of that game because he's like, I don't know, got an interesting personality, I think. I like I said, I've never played The Witcher 3. Maybe you guys can attest to yeah, the main Geralt, character. Geralt's of the game. very cool. Yeah, he's like uh, you know, he's got a personality. <laughs> and uh I don't know, the character of V in the game is kind of like a wet blanket, kind of like the generic, like, yeah, I'm a gruff boy. I played the male character, uh, so I don't know if the female character is any better, any different, but uh, he's just like, yeah, I got a gruff voice, and I'm, uh, you know, I'm a badass. And I've got a bunch of different voice options where I can tell you to fuck off in four different ways. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of lame, and I wish that more games were confident enough in the player to where they could have a, I don't know, a voiceless uh, character, like a, a like in uh, like in Skyrim. Your character doesn't say shit, but you click on the words that you're gonna say, and if you want, you can say them out loud to the the screen, <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll say it. <laughs> you know, I bet a lot of people probably do that for those games, but whenever you like select the option. And the guy says something completely different than what you selected. I mean, it's around, it's the general gist of it, but still, I don't know. It feels kind of strange and it doesn't really feel like you're in the game. Kind of takes you out of it in a way. And I don't like it. I wish that more, more, um, RPG developers would just like make the, the player character a faceless, voiceless thing so that you can use your imagination and put yourself in there, you know? I think that issue would have been alleviated if the, voice acting for v was like exceptional like it was i thought it was like fine but there was there were so many points where it really just felt like this like gruff voiced character was like reading lines off a sheet of paper like mm -hmm. stuff just didn't stuff just didn't fit tonally um maybe I if i know. do start another character then i'll um i'll use the female voice actor because i uh heard that the female voice actor is just better 
better yeah, at her that, job. That's the case so. in a lot of games. I know like Diablo three, I think people people said that the 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 male wizard voice actor people didn't like, but then the female wizard actress was like awesome. So yeah, mm. maybe that's the case. Maybe that's the case. Maybe, maybe. Um, but then again, it's like I'm not a girl, so <laughs> I I'm not gonna like envision myself in this situation very much. I don't know. I I just wish that I don't know. It's like an RPG. Like you're supposed to feel like you're uh, you're playing a role. Do you? You're playing, but it feels more like you're watching a movie. Whenever those things are part of the the scene where you're just kind of selecting what another person is going to say. It feels kind of counterintuitive to the entire point of an RPG to me. Yeah, I think it's mostly just that uh, CD Projekt Red doesn't know how to do custom characters. I, they, I don't think they've ever really had to in a game. And it, I think uh, it just kind of... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it's like like you were saying, like, you know, Geralt, Geralt's a really cool character. Like, he is he's bland-ish, but there is an existing personality. And so when I think back about that game, it's cool because it's like there's a character and he is gray enough where like the choices you make can be realistic for him to or to not do. Um, But then there are still certain things I remember that it's like, oh yeah, I really like that. And you couldn't do little things if this character hadn't already existed. And then in, in like cyberpunk, I always kind of just felt like skipping through V's dialogue because mm-hmm. it felt non important and I would never get anything. And it's like, there, this is just supposed to be whatever I am. And it felt like they didn't put a whole lot of thought. I mean, especially with like the backgrounds you could pick, like I had, I did corpo and the only thing I got from that was occasionally I had a corpo line I could use, but it never really felt like it made my character any different than like a I don't know the street kid one or the nomad one you know yeah I I played nomad and there were definitely not a ton of impactful like you were saying there's like their corpo dialogue choices there weren't a ton of the nomad dialogue choices that I felt really changed for me but a big chunk of the game you're interacting with Pan Am who's this character who is a nomad herself and she's uh, one of the characters you can romance in the game so being a nomad character I felt like I was able to engage more and identify more with the Pan Am story, but I don't, I don't remember any part of the story where you're like significant, at least where I was significantly interacting with a corpo person where I would have felt like that. Um, if I had chosen a corpo background. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was lame that no matter what start you choose, you end up in the same place really. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and also a kind of it always fast forwards through your relationship with uh with uh the what who's the who's your best oh, friend Jackie yeah yeah like it kind of like shows you a montage of you guys like and it's always the same one uh, yeah oh, is and it really oh well wow. it's the same ba- yeah. yeah it's that's why it's that's why it's lame dude that that's the why montage like, was very cool though set to the run the jewel song that oh, was yeah. a cool cutscene montage is cool Mm. but like i don't know like mass effect one that came out in 2007 had i feel a better way to make to let you pick a backstory for your character and then let you identify with it than cyberpunk which you know came out 13 years later so (laughs) it just kind of felt well like with the montage though it's like I, i don't know it felt like it was it was a missed opportunity for you to have genuine experiences with with Jackie so that uh so that like later 
on like things that happen have more impact. Because it was like you, the care, you, the person who's playing, you just met this guy basically. Or I, I don't know. I guess there's different ways to go about it, but you can either just meet him, or you've already been friends with him from the start. I don't know. Uh, I've watched a few other people play through different uh, like starts, so I don't really remember exactly what each one has. But what was your background, Dan? I picked Corpo as well, okay. and with that one, you're gonna steal a car, and then he um, like oh kicks you out of it or something. Oh no 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 that's Street Kid. Because that one was in the trailer. Um, I forget how I met Jackie, to be honest. <laughs> it's kind of sad because he's like supposed to be like one of the main characters. He's but... already your friend on, in the Corpo one, at least. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, but the montage are, the plays regardless of what you, what you pick. And the whole time, every time I saw it in whatever iteration of the game, either whether I was playing or I was watching someone else play it, it, it just reminded me that like there could have been a mission here. Like, this could have been a mission. Like, there's a part where, in the montage, where you, um, you like, are robbing a bank or something. I'm like, why isn't that a mission? <laughs> like, just make that a mission, and then, and then, like, we won't have to watch it in the montage, and then you'll feel more connected to this character instead of, like, the game telling you that you're supposed to be connected to the character because of all of the things that you guys went through together. Look, you, you and this character went through all of these things. Believe us. But like, why don't you just experience those things with the character? Yeah, like, then there would be more game to play too. I don't, I don't understand. Like, well, I do understand because they rushed the game. Clearly, and it's at the it's end. extra surprising because there are a lot of characters in the game that you do grow attached to through doing really interesting missions with, like Judy, Alvarez, uh, Pan Am, Palmer. Um, who are some, Who are some other ones? There's some. Re- there's some really cool. I um, only remember pa- Pan Am with. as far as like thinking to myself okay this is a character uh oh yeah i yeah i guess Uh, there's a there's a specific part there's a specific part where it definitely kind of um makes you feel a little bit more connected to the character but it it's it's just one (laughs) just one scene um (laughs) but there's yeah i'd say that the only character where i was just like okay now this is like a good character that they took time to flesh out your relationship with they took it very slowly and the romance is not like the romance option is so like sp- spread out. And I genuinely was feeling like frustrated. I was just like, oh man, when am I going to get the fuck this girl <laughs> or whatever? Yeah. And like it was very tastefully done. Like it was, it was very realistic. It was just like if you, cause you, I, I don't know if people listening care about whatever spoilers or something. I guess it's kind of a spoiler. You can turn off your, you can throw your headphones across the room if you want. But with Pan Am, you can, choose the romance option and her dialogue a few times over the course of her missions and like i think two or three times she like rejects you and the entire time i'm thinking is this a character that you're not like supposed to be able to romance or something like it was kind of confusing me because i wasn't looking anything up i wasn't looking up any guides and i was just like maybe this character maybe they give you the the option to do it just because it's like funny but like maybe you can't do anything with this character i don't know maybe this is just like a, like a, a friend zone character so it was like cool that it was like leading me on <laughs> and i was just like oh okay i don't really understand what's going on and then eventually after persistence you can romance her and you do you know you do get to 
have sex with her in a tank, which I think is fun. In, yeah, in the hilarious. best romance that, scene that of any game ever. That was <laughs> you fuck in the tank, dude. But not no, you're, you're like, connect but your connected senses, dude. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> that shit, that I thought that was really so corny, good. but. What? I, I don't I, I, Dude. I thought it was I, I thought it was pretty cheesy, but in a good way. Like I wasn't I wasn't like mind. this sucks. It was really funny. But the, the whole Pan Am part of the game was my favorite part of the game, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's why is because like it was it was like a relationship that built over the course of a bunch of separate missions that like you had to leave and do other shit in the game and then come back and then do the do the a little bit of the mission, then leave and then come back, leave and come back. It was very like well done. It didn't feel like they just kind of like blasted all of this character development at you at once, and then you're sp- expected to believe that it's that it's g- genuine. They spread it out in a way where you do feel attachment, you do feel like frustration from the friend zoning that she's doing. You do feel frustration from from her like I don't know. It feels like she's giving you the runaround, using you and stuff, and and you're like, am I like wasting my time with this girl? Like, what's going on? <laughs> And then it has an an interesting and and fun payoff, and I don't know, it was just well done. And I wish that they would have applied that philosophy to a lot more characters, especially like the main story characters, like Jackie. I mean, I'm not saying that you should be able to fuck Jackie, but <laughs> you I'm should be that, able to fuck Jackie. That, yeah, yeah, of course, you should be able to fuck everybody in the game. Why not? But I think that if they would have done <laughs> what they did to Jackie with Pan Am, where they just did a montage of all the great times that you had with her, then it, it would be like one of the more boring missions because there's like no, there's nothing there. So yeah, I don't know. It's strange that they, they, they gave all of this like great backstory and like, and relationship building with like what is essentially a side character in the game, Pan Am, but with Jackie, who's like supposed to be one of the main characters and supposed to be like your best friend. I don't know. It was very um, weird, especially with like, uh, I mean, are you are we allowed to do more spoilers? <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I don't. I don't want to spoil big parts because I, I do think there's a lot of people who are holding off on getting the game. Uh, okay, all right, all right. And I still haven't beat it either. So, well, there's parts. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, there's parts of the game later on with Jackie's story where okay, I'm not the whole there. time. Oh, I know, but the whole time I'm thinking like, man, if this character was like more developed, then this would like make more sense or this would be more impactful like all of the stuff that's been happening and i couldn't stop thinking that the whole time and it just made made certain scenes feel like weird and yeah and like i just kind of wanted to fast forward because i felt uncomfortable (laughs) yeah i so there's such a smattering of great development and not as great development like i don't know did you play that side quest with the bartender you guys uh i don't think Uh, i did Okay, it's this. It's an awesome side quest with just the bartender from the afterlife, like the 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 club where you go and get all of your fixer missions uh, when you're a mercenary. Um, she's the bartender there, and she just asks you if you want to uh, race some cars with her, and it turns into this really dope, really deep backstory. Oh, and I was expecting that story to like be. Um, I don't know. I was expecting way more of those stories and there are a lot of good side missions, but I just felt like they didn't flesh out as many characters as uh, I was expecting, which yeah. was, which was disappointing to me. But um, one that was especially disappointing, the like another thing they hyped up was all of these different gangs In a big part of the game. You're um, interacting with the voodoo boys who are this like uh, Haitian uh, gang of hackers who are very reminiscent of like the, um, uh, the hackers from the matrix like they're wearing like yeah leather and shit um and they live in this yeah. really really cool part of town there's so many references to the matrix in this so game there, there's literally a i don't, I don't want to spoil it but 
there's like a, a kind of a red pill blue pill situation in one in one scene. yeah exactly like, wow that um, whole thing is like basically just the matrix <laughs> it, it, not to mention keanu reeves is in it oh yeah so. i mean it, it's awesome <laughs> but uh specifically with these gangs like the voodoo boys i was expecting to for them to really flesh out these gangs and like maybe like in fallout games you can like side with one or side with another and that you kind of can but there's just like no repercussions for doing it like there are choices you can make to uh side with what this gang is doing or not side with what this gang is doing but either way and i even look this up there's no like later game implications of that it's just like yeah. one scene that you get uh if you do one thing or another scene that you get to see if you do another and it just feels like kind of a cop-out so much of this <laughs> game does you know yeah can i compare it to skyrim again <laughs> please do so skyrim does that that like um that choice with repercussions thing very very well like for instance you can uh, the very basic civil war that's going on in skyrim which is just the Imperials versus Stormcloaks. Like, Stormcloaks believe that Skyrim belongs to the Nords and that they should be a free country or whatever. And the Imperials are like, you know, it's like Americans versus British, where it's like the Imperials are like the outside force that's coming in saying, like, this is, uh, you know, under Imperial rule because this is like, this is, the Imperials rule all of Cyrodiil. So, like, you can take a side in this war and once you pick a side, it's done. You can't be on the other side, and there's no way for you to experience that quest line ever again unless you start a new character. So it's like you go down this branch, and you can't go back. And so it's very... You have to make a decision. You have to make a very hard choice. Also, with the Dawnguard DLC, uh, you have to choose between joining the Dawnguard, which are basically just like vampire hunters, or you have to choose between siding with Castle Volkyar, I think it's called, which is like a, a sect of vampires that live in a big castle. <laughs> um, and so you can, there's a point in the game where you're in the castle and you have to choose, do you want this vampire to bite you or do you want the vampire to not bite you? And then you, he says like, I'll let you be in here once, but once you come back, you we're going to attack you. So, like, you have to side with either being the vampire hunters or the vampire, and once you choose one, you cannot go back. And there are benefits and, uh, like, not benefits to choosing either side. Like, for example, I was playing as a vampire, and I was like, you know what, I kind of want to use a crossbow. Come, come to find out that the really good crossbows, like you can get crossbows off of the dead bodies of the Dawnguard that attack you, but the really good crossbow upgrades, you cannot get as a vampire because you have to be a part of the Dawnguard to do that quest line that gives you the like um, crafting recipe for the upgrades to the, to the crossbow. So I was like, oh, that's kind of disappointing, but like that's the downside of it. And the upside of being a vampire is you get to be a vampire lord, which is basically like, a cool version of the werewolf ability which was in the base game where it's like you can choose to just turn into this monster that runs around and uh like jumps on people and bites them so that's cool but like i don't know there's like implications and downsides and upsides to choosing a side and it's cool and it gives it a lot of replayability but apparently in uh in cyberpunk the gangs just don't have any of that at all and it's yeah, kind of lame it's like it's like you know, something you just said stuck out to me where you were saying like the vampire guy is like, anytime you come back here, we'll, we'll attack you. 
and that adds like a, a weight to the decision you have to make. But in cyberpunk, like for instance, the, the voodoo boys, I won't spoil what happens with them, but there is a, a point where you can decide to, uh, like go against them or, uh, side with them. And the only repercussion is like when you, the only repercussion of going against them is like in the future when you're roaming around the world, if you happen to run into a voodoo boy, they'll be hostile toward you, but they're not a part of the story after that. Like they don't come in and out of the story so that there would be a wait later to that decision you made. So it just feels so like weirdly self-contained, which uh, relieves it of like the gravitas of like a world altering decision that it it feels like it should be. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like in Skyrim, there's like missions that you do like um, for the Civil War storyline where you can join a side and then you fight for that side whenever they take siege on certain cities. And they're very cool. Like you basically uh, can siege Whiterun. There's like a mission where Whiterun is like under attack and it like changes the entire area like to like a battlefield basically. And you run through the city like killing warriors and guards and stuff and you run up to the place where the Jarl is and you fight the Jarl and when you beat him you win the city. And then from that point on all of the Whiterun guards are now Stormcloak guards (laughs) because you beat the, you siege the city for your side of the war and from that point on, like, the city is owned by the, your side of the war, and you do that for a bunch of cities throughout the entire game. So it's like, you do this, and it changes the world around you as you make these decisions. It's really cool. And there's not really any way to do both. You have to start an entirely new character and play for the Imperials if you want to do a siege on a different city as a different for a different side. And I don't know. It's interesting. It's cool. <laughs> it like gives it a lot of replayability. Obviously, I'm still playing it like more than ten years later. So you know, there's probably something that I'm I'm not mentioning here, but in Cyberpunk, like in you're saying in Skyrim, like you're like slowly like actually like changing the world, like by taking it for one taking cities for one side or another. Like in Cyberpunk, a big theme of the game is like becoming a legend of Night City. Like throughout the game, like Jackie and other characters will kind of like reminisce about these like badass characters you never meet but um you're told about and they were these like awesome crime uh, crime kingpins or like cool mercenaries who like took over the city in different ways and a big theme of the game is you becoming a legend like that and there's there's like a meter in the main menu that shows you like your reputation like you have street cred which is kind of like a, a secondary stat that you accumulate as you do missions but there's also like your notoriety as a mercenary taking over the city displayed in this meter there uh, is in the main menu yeah there is in the in the main menu there's three different like uh like big symbols I in the never center of the screen wow. yeah and if you hover over hover the mouse over them they'll tell you like you see a percentage that so you hover over it and then it'll tell you like you're at like 30 percent let's say on the um night city legend meter it'll tell you like people are really starting to notice your work as a mercenary like uh, <laughs> like you have your foot in the door in like tons of new cool places but honestly Mine is like now that I'm at the end of the game, that like legend in Night City meter is at, I don't know, like 80 or 90 or something like 95 or something like that. And the only time besides just like story progression of like getting bigger jobs to do that lead you to bigger story points, the only like thing in the world that I feel like has treated me differently is the guy who stands in front of the door at the afterlife, the bar you go to frequently in the game. 
like recognizes you and like will step aside and let you in versus at the beginning of the game you have to like <laughs> talk to him and then he opens the door for you like it's just ugh, i don't know you i i yeah. felt i felt like i had to put in a lot of the mental gymnastics to uh enjoy oh, yeah. my stay in, in night city like i had to really like rp and i was fine with that uh to an extent um i like doing that kind of thing and i, I think cyberpunk is a good game to do that with because the rpg elements of it are really well done like you can really get into the nitty gritty of stats that you're tuning. Like uh, I got really, I om- I think I almost have all of the perks for cold blooded, which are these like uh, passive bonuses that accumulate at the more people you kill. So like you kill five people and then you get like times five uh, critical damage, like for each person that you kill um, and being like a melee character. My whole strategy was just like killing people really fast getting those counters up and then becoming like unstoppable and getting into that and feeling like I really am this like psycho killer. I can kill anyone is cool, but to not have that reciprocated, like I'm putting in that RP effort and to not have that always reciprocated by the game, by people treating me like that feels kind of hollow. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. It's, (laughs) it is weird that they have that meter for like your, your notoriety in the game. It feels very like, uh, I don't know, surface level. It's kind of strange. Like, uh, I'm always just going to keep comparing this to Skyrim because I've been playing a lot, but like in Skyrim, whenever you do specific things, like if you beat the main story, if you defeat Alduin or whatever, or if, or if you do like a specific, um, quest that like a bunch of people see happen, then it'll make a lot of the, the guards especially are, are a big, big part of like, recognizing your notoriety in the game uh guards will comment on pretty much anything that happens and it's really funny but it does add a lot to like making you feel like you're making some sort of change like i just recently did the mission you guys have played skyrim right of course Mm -hmm. of course i mean i haven't i did the oh okay well there's a mission where you trap a dragon in um in a building to try and convince it to take you to a portal to Sovngarde. Anyway, trapping it in the building took a lot of convincing of the guy who owned that building because it's a dragon and he didn't want the <laughs> dragon to be trapped in his building, clearly. But once you do convince the guy to let the let you trap the guy in the building, um, uh, you do it and then you let the dragon free so that he can take you to the portal to Sovngarde. And after that, there are a few, a few times where the guards will say like, you trapped that dragon in that building and then you set him free. What are you crazy? (laughs) Like stuff like that happens a lot where they'll say stuff uh, to you about like what you recently did. And um, it's cool. It adds to, like I said, it adds to your feeling of like having impact on the world. It's like the radio in fallout three. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like Bethesda. I mean, people give Bethesda shit a lot lately but their main series RPGs honestly are like some of the best and people like have their nitpicks about them, but like they're so good and like it's hard to compare a game made by what is essentially an indie company. (laughs) I mean, CG project red is like very much an indie game company, isn't it? I mean like they're not really like they're big now. They're, they got pretty big. They're big, but they are an an independent studio. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to say, but, I don't know. I feel like Bethesda has like has it down. They've they've been doing this since like the 90s and they know what they're doing, I feel. 
so it's hard to compare like the new new kids on the block. What feel in comparison to Bethesda, they're like the new kids on the block, and I feel like they need to straight up start stealing ideas from them, or I don't know, <laughs> because uh, the only the only game I'm really looking forward to is the Elder Scrolls Six. I don't really care about any other games that come out. I just want that game to come out. <laughs> I'm, it's excited a while. For, I'm excited. I'm excited. I know. Elden Ring. <laughs> But that's the that's the sad thing is that I don't care about any games that come out unless they're Elder Scrolls Six or Team Fortress. No other 4. game is going to be good. Team Fortress Four, yeah. Team Fortress. Team Four, yeah. I get it. Uh, yeah. So Cyberpunk, but we've been ragging on it a lot. But I mean, you and I both Dane, spent like seventy hours on it. Uh, so clearly yeah. there was something keeping us in it, and it's a very fun game. Like getting like a trick or supercar and like double jumping like into people with my mantis blades was pretty dope sniping people through walls and stuff with high-tech snipers pretty mm-hmm. dope like this game the has shooting so much going the shooting it. and combat is very fun and yeah. very visceral and like makes you feel like a badass so it's got that going for it the movement is fun which movement in games is like one of the most important things to me so oh they nailed it uh, did you I get the double happy. jump yeah well i got um the yeah well, I, I, I've been rolling, I had been rolling with both of them for an equal amount of time, I think, and I couldn't really discern a, 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 like a notable benefit <laughs> to either one. It's just jumping higher, so. The, but yeah, uh, they're, the they're very of, useful. The benefit of double jumping, uh, besides just jumping higher, is that you can fall as, as long as you want and then just use your double jump at the last second yeah although there have been a few times where that just didn't work for whatever reason <laughs> the game's bugs or something yeah i was pretty <laughs> fortunate i didn't run into a ton of bugs like there was a couple times where i would be like on the phone with someone and they would never hang up or like i would have mm-hmm. weird like i'd be on the phone with like jackie and then i'd be in some other part of the map he was not in and then his character model would like spawn right in front of me as if you were sitting in a chair just like yeah in midair uh there was a few bugs that i ran into but nothing crazy did you guys get any like crazy bugs because i know you know there's not really yeah i guess nothing nothing that doesn't like surprise me or i I don't know i feel like i'm jaded because i've played all of bethesda's main series rpgs and those are like riddled with like random like not game breaking but still immersion breaking things and while it was funny to see like i wasn't turned off by them like they're just kind of like oh wow that guy's like clipping into the floor that's interesting (laughs) like that happens pretty much all the time in any other like open world rpg game like that i think i don't know at least it feels that way like when i'm i've been playing skyrim obviously a lot lately and and uh, like literally every single time that there's more than a few characters in a room they're always like running into each other and like moving them (laughs) <laughs> like they're just like walking into each other and like sliding the other person across the room like it looks stupid but i don't really care because the game's fun and so like when it came to cyberpunk i didn't really care about any of that other stuff because the game was fun i will say i when i first started playing right at release i had a really hard time uh running the game at a stable frame rate but as patches came out uh it stopped being an issue entirely yeah and um- I don't know. Mine's, I had like no issues, no bugs, no crashes. My game always ran relatively okay. Um, I think it's, I think the thing that's interesting and that we're privileged to, uh, 
talk about right now is the fact that we've just talked for Cyberpunk about an hour and haven't had to mention any of the technical stuff because we yeah, just true. didn't have to worry about it. Because that's the thing. Yeah, it's a great game. That's the. It's a great game, right? Yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's a good game. Like I, I enjoyed playing it. Like I definitely saw some cracks as I got more into it, and I'm gonna go back and beat it someday. But I, I stopped playing it because I kind of got bored. But I didn't quit because of technical issues, like a lot of other people. You know, like like while I was enjoying it early on, like the entire news cycle was this game doesn't work. <laughs> on the consoles it came out on and like even people playing on um like my my boss at work got it for ps5 and it would crash like every two or three hours and there'd be a good bit of bugs and performance wasn't that great and that that sucks that that really sucks i can't believe they released this game for for the older consoles because like did you watch the digital foundry uh review about the xbox version no it it's like i think it's like 16 frames a second and it crashes all the time it's like watching the coverage and it's downscaled (laughs) it's like it's all these things like it doesn't run at a stable frame rate it's not even at like 1080p like it goes down to like i think like 680 or like 480 at some point oh my god yeah and it crashes and it just can't do anything and it 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 blows my mind that they tried to even target that and And i think if i if i remember correctly matt the ceo or not he's not ceo the founder of cd project red marcin i forget his last name iwinski i want to say uh he when one of his statements that he came out with talking about the like last gen console performance he was like kind of blaming the QA team for not checking on that as much as they should have been while they were working from home because of the pandemic. Like that really pissed me off that the founder of this company who like could was calling the shots the whole time was like throwing his QA engineers under the bus for it not working correctly on uh, older consoles. Yeah, right. Like I mean that that's definitely saving face, but he he had to have known. Like if you He had to, exactly. He had to have known. Yeah, if you didn't know that your game ran this bad, then I I yeah, that company, it's surprising that they put anything out. Anything that works at least, because like how do you have that little visibility? Like it's abysmal. In one of the statements that was made uh by this guy Marcin, I want to say his name's Marcin Awinski, uh he was saying that like due to challenges in QA uh, because of the pandemic and people working from home when they would typically be working like hands on with uh, all of the hardware that they'd be testing, they had challenges knowing how bad performance was um, on older systems. And while there may be some truth to that, they had to have known how, you know, it was struggling to maintain even a, you know, even a 24 frames per second uh, frame rate on these older consoles. Like there's, there's, they're so blatantly uh, yeah. poorly optimized that they had to have known uh, how bad they were, how bad of a game they were putting out on these older consoles. I think they might've known, but I mean, they delayed that game so many times. I wonder if there was a point where the investors or whatever were just like, stop, don't delay it anymore. Oh yeah. yeah I, I think, mean, that's I what, that's what to. happened. Yeah. But, and then it's, it's just blaming it on saying you didn't know is absurd is what we were <laughs> saying it's like you had to have mm-hmm. known unless the only way you checked on your QA team back in the day was literally doing like a walk 
and looking at and having to prompt them for information rather than the people, you know, who work for you reporting to you, you know, like what kind of, what are you saying? Like you have to go ask, tap people on the shoulder in person to get information. Like either way, it comes back to you, you know, you Mr. CEO or whatever high position you are. Like it's just kind of messed up to blame a department when it's your job to oversee the department, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know. It's just, it's funny. Yeah, I, I hope it all works out. You know, there's so much promise to the game that I really hope that they a get it together and get it working on all the platforms that they put it out on. I'm kind of doubtful that that'll actually happen. But, um, you know, I think this game potentially has a really cool future where they put out, you know, I, I didn't play them myself, but I've heard from friends who were obsessed with them that the expansions to The Witcher 3 were just awesome, like adding entirely new like countries that you could go to with really great stories. Um, cyberpunk seems like that could totally be uh they could totally do that with cyberpunk too um and i'd be really excited to play all of that but um it just seems like a a huge uphill uphill battle from here the best yeah for sure the best part about the witcher 3 dlc was they added an expansion for gwent in one of them (laughs) there was no like meta game like that yeah uh, where's my gwent gwent will still be around in 2077 (laughs) <laughs> what the fuck is Gwent? It's that, so Witcher Three had a legit like just a card game that you could collect cards and build decks oh. and play against people like in merchants and stuff, and it was pretty kind of like kind of like the games in like the card games in like Final Fantasy like nine and ten I think have collectible no, but they're be- but it's better. It's like actually yeah, no. it's a really good card game, and they actually made they made a standalone version. It's like a free-to-play card game now that you can just download the client wow. and play. Yeah, that's how popular it got. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was really cool. Cyberpunk, damn. Cyberbunk. <laughs> yeah, more like cyber bummer. Yeah, just uh, like Wonder Woman. That was my segue. Yeah, Did segue. you like it, dude? Cyberpunk <laughs> was so much better than Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman made no sense and was bad. Cyberpunk was kind of bad and made a lot of sense some of the time. Uh. Dude, Wonder Woman 1984, first of all, has maybe the coolest poster for a movie I've seen in a long time. Matt, I'm sure we'll put this on screen at this point. Uh, Based on almost that alone, I was sure that this movie would at least be fine, like most superhero movies are to me. Um, This movie is not fine. This movie is horrible. And I don't know (laughs) what happened with it. The first one I thought was really good. This one is directed by the same director and something happened along the way where they made this like incoherent, cringy mess for a sequel. And it's I know what happened. Baffling. What happened? It was also written by the director. You're totally right. You're totally right. Yeah. Patty Jenkins <laughs> the last one the was not. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, I think I've, there's other examples of this kind of thing happening. Uh, you know, I, I think this happened with Guardians of the Galaxy. Ryan Johnson. Uh, what 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 did Ryan Johnson do? Um, the Last Jedi. Oh yeah, yeah that 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 is an example, a controversial example. And I was going to say James Gunn didn't write, uh, didn't solely write the first Guardians of the Galaxy. He had a co-writer, and then that co-writer left for the sequel, and he was the sole writer on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which mm. I thought was very milk toast, very like seven out of ten. Um, but Wonder Woman 1, I would say, is a very good superhero movie. And Wonder Woman 1984 is like a 2 out of 10. Like, it just, like, 
it wow. is like frustratingly bad. I didn't think it was no. that bad. Really? I didn't think it was two at like okay, it was bad, but I didn't think it was like two out of ten bad. Like, I d- I really just didn't think it had anything going for it. Like it, it was didn't. set in the eighties, but there wasn't like fun eighties callbacks really. Besides like goofy like costumes that felt like costumes and didn't feel like actual wardrobe. There wasn't a ton of like cool eighties music. Uh, the guy who was supposed to play Ronald Reagan didn't really look like Ronald Reagan at all. I don't even to the point where I don't even know if he was like even supposed to be Ronald but, Reagan. Wait, was he supposed to be Ronald Reagan? I think so. Oh. I mean, like they were in America in 1984, and uh, yeah, I don't know. In the bad guy didn't do it for me. Neither of the villains oh, in the movie. Yeah, no, I thought made any sense. They, it all sucked, but it, like watching that movie was like watching one of the older like so-so superhero movies, like pre MCU, like Spider Man Three. Yeah, kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like I, the thing I find I find most offensive about Wonder Woman or nineteen eighty four, right? Is that what it's called? I don't even know the title. Yes. Okay. Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Like the most inf- offensive part is the first one was so good that like how do you mess it up, right? Like I don't know. <laughs> it, like how do you kind mess of like it up? The Witcher it, three being very good and Cyberpunk coming out like it did. Not not even like because cyberpunk still has like you can see a lot of the good stuff like Wonder Woman 1984. Yes. It's just like, did you forget every like, have you not paid attention to like what you do with this stuff now? It's it's regression in, in every sense there. It's like incredibly bland. The the villain is bland. Even uh, Wonder Woman herself is kind of bland this movie everything's bland like i I just i was not excited and and not really interested like i watched it with my girlfriend and she fell asleep i don't know probably probably like halfway through it and i remember i was like man i'm jealous (laughs) that seems like (laughs) i (laughs) I wish i was asleep Yeah, i was like that's a better use of my time but i i gotta watch this for to to talk about it but like yeah i don't know i just was not entertained but it wasn't like appalling you know, like I wasn't like, that's why I'm saying it's not like a two out of 10 uh, for me. Cause I thought like, I was appalled. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like, so I'm going to spoil this a little bit because I hate this movie and I don't want yeah, people do to it. watch it. So I want to actively discourage people to watch it <laughs> by spoiling it for them. Uh, you know, if I'm spoiling this for you and you don't like that, that's fine. Unsubscribe. Um, <laughs> but uh, the whole thing about this movie is like Pedro Pascal of the Mandalorian fame uh finds like a rock that grants wishes and his <laughs> wish is to become the rock grants wishes so he can grant and become the rock Dwayne the rock no that would have been so much better but no he a doesn't even turn into a rock which didn't make any sense to me and his he has to be touched and people need to wish for something while they're touching him or like that part is actually well dubious. that was the rule right that, and then they changed their mind on the rule later yeah, they uh they changed their mind on the rule later because the climax of the movie happens when he like is able to get in front of a satellite connected camera that can broadcast to because it's TVs technically touching everybody. Yeah, it's, stupid. <laughs> it really doesn't make much sense. And, and Matt, the reason why I say I was appalled at this movie, and I I would say it's like a two out of ten, is because when he does that, like the entire world in this movie is wishing for whatever they want and getting it. And the things that they choose to show people wishing for are like <laughs> such bullshit. Like there's like a dude in the middle East holding like an RPG 
and he like wishes for like nuclear weapons and he gets them and there's like a, an oil <laughs> baron who wishes that like his city was owned by his people and no one else so then like a giant wall it rises up around this city and uh it's just so like stupid and <laughs> bullshit and like <sighs> well the most bullshit part is the way the movie wraps up is literally everybody in the world yeah exactly. their wish. <laughs> everyone everyone in the world like wonder woman just like like is really sad and hopes that everyone sees like the error of their ways and they do so six, seven, six billion people are all like you know what actually getting my the one thing i wanted as a wish was a bad idea so that mm-hmm. he, the terrorist guy Everyone uh, on Earth will learn their lesson. He ungets a nuke, uh, <laughs> and the, <laughs> the giant wall that springs out of the ground in the Middle East uh, comes down. Unsprings, of course. Yet unsprings goes back into the ground. Um, the weirdest part of the movie too is that, like, what the whole and the whole thing, <laughs> the whole thing too is that Wonder Woman, in the very beginning of the movie, touches the rock and wishes for her dead boyfriend to be back. And keep in mind that the wish granting rock is able to do things such as materialize nukes out of nowhere and raise walls out of the ground to encapsulate like entire city states uh wonder woman just wishes for her dead boyfriend back and for some reason the wish stone like takes her boyfriend's soul and like puts it into the body of some random guy who's like he lived his whole life and then all of a sudden he just becomes another dude who has no memory of the past life and like, why did that have to happen? Why couldn't this wish stone just like bring the guy back and give him his own funky 80s apartment? Like, why did he have to like inhabit the body of a otherwise, you know, living mild mannered dude in the 80s that like felt so like weird? Because they like, couldn't have that good what? scene at the end where she sees the scarf, Gus. Yeah, obviously at the, at, at that the super movie, touching scene. Oil. Yeah, she like meets the guy who her boyfriend inhabited the body of at the end of this movie and like has this like little flirty banter with him while he's like wearing the scarf that she got him or something like that. And that's supposed to be touching. But in my head, I was just like I was thinking that basically the wish stone had done what Mario's hat does in Mario Odyssey (laughs) to people and why the filmmakers thought that that was a necessary part of the movie. Uh it was just. Did she have sex with shit. her boyfriend? Probably. Yes. He was, yeah. So she had sex. Yeah. She had she raped sex him. with the, she, she raped Yeah. Him. She raped a guy. That's, a, that's problematic. Wonder Dude. Woman can't rape people. This movie. I'm going to come out and say it. Okay. And then. Okay. Dana, you're very brave for saying that. And I back you 100%. <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman should not be raping people. And she does. And also, uh, Kristen Wiig. Uh, okay. This is. Okay. I keep saying. This I was is excited the worst part. for her in this movie because I like her. Kristen but Wig. then I saw some clips of her and I was like, this sucks. Dane, Kristen Wiig wishes to be cool. Her wish is to be <laughs> yeah. cool like Diana. And somehow that t- turns her into a cheetah. What is it with... Okay, so <laughs> I, I noticed some patterns in bad superhero movies. In I think it was The Amazing Spider-Man, either one or two. The one with... Um, with uh, um, oh man, who's that guy from Django Unchained that I can't remember the name of right now? <clears throat> The guy from the main character from Django Unchained, Jamie Foxx. Yes, in in one of the Amazing Spider-Man oh, yeah. movies, 
Jamie Foxx plays like a nerd who mm-hmm. uh, who likes Spider Man until Spider Man doesn't remember his name, and then he's like, "You forgot my name. I'm yes, gonna become evil now." It's yeah. that same kind of character. Yes, and also, and I think in Spider Man Three, there's a character who's jealous of of Peter, and so he becomes the Venom or whatever, right? Like the to- to- Topher Grace, I think. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Spider Man Three. He's like jealous of Peter Parker, so he like he succumbs to the venom to become powerful like him. <laughs> it's like, what is it with bad superhero movies having these characters that are jealous of the superhero so they become an, a supervillain? Like that's so lame. That's a lame idea. And then that's what <laughs> like, I'm saying. It's like this movie. It's like everything it does bad is has been done before. Yes. <laughs> it's doing all of the tropes of the bad superhero movies. It's like it's trying to become one of the bad superhero movies and it has. It has. Good job. Unfortunately, it has regressed the DCU significantly. Cuz actually when What? Like Justice League shit. came out. Okay, hear me out. The only so, good one they made was Joker and that wasn't even really a superhero movie. That was just a actually like decent movie disguised as a superhero. I don't even movie. think they put that one yeah, in the DCU either, right? That was just I, th- I think no, I think it kind of is. It's going to be it's in the really new weird. one, I'm assuming, the one with um with Robert Pattinson as Batman. I'm assuming that's the one that he's a part of. that'd be cool. I imagine they're going to do some sort of tie-in with that. But uh, I thought nice. Wonder Woman was just, like, really, really good, the first one. It was, one. yeah. And I was excited for them to just, like, do more Wonder Woman movies and not even give a shit about the whole Justice League thing. But this yeah. is kind of trounced on that, and it's that's really frustrating. Well, DC just... They don't really have any other shit together, it seems, as far as, like, compared to how Marvel has everything planned out and nicely tied up in a bow and stuff, so. Yeah, we'll Matt, see. we were going to talk about uh, Fate, the Winx saga, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, rather than talk about that, would you like to, because you're the only one out of us who has seen WandaVision, and that seems to be, uh, if you were to compare it to Wonder Woman 1984, at least somewhat coherent and interesting. Uh, would you like to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I we talked, you know, in one of our uh, pre-pod convos. Um, PPC. I kind of said everything that I think I could say right now because I don't want to spoil too much. But like, Wandavision is incredibly bizarre because it's like it's a sitcom starring Marvel characters, and the thing that's like good about it is more of the meta of what the show is doing which is like making like we've done superhero stuff for so long that like even dane earlier i think you were saying you don't plan on seeing another superhero movie right and i well <laughs> i i'm it's not that i i don't plan on it i just none are coming out that i want to see okay but but i don't know like i feel like there's a general sentiment now where it's like we we got endgame we did Infinity War and all that stuff and superhero shit is kind of like getting old. We did it. Yeah, we did it. Um, and Let's move on. Yeah, and I finally WandaVision's cool because it, I think Disney knows that, which is good. So hopefully the next like phase of superhero movies is interesting. And I think what they're gonna do, if this is any indication, is they're gonna start trying to do like genre bending stuff because this is like an MCU entry, but it's a sitcom starring characters from like the previous like action movies and it's cool to see because it's like taking a lot of risks and i don't think it's hitting for everybody because a lot of people are watching it and they're expecting to see 
I don't know, like Marvel stuff. And instead you're seeing the characters, but like pretending they're in a sitcom and it's very strange, but there's like the, but it still ties into the narrative. Cause it, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but like the show will go on, like it's a sitcom, right? And there'll be an episode and it's like watching some like sixties television show. And then like, it even has like a, like a, an old classic ad in the middle where like they'll do an ad for some product that existed at that time period, which is pretty cool. Like the fifties one, they showed off some like toaster that was made by Stark Industries, which was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. It was like a cool little nod. Um, but then like the episode goes on and it's like just very like watching I love Lucy or whatever. And then something really dark or unsettling happens and it totally just it just trashes this entire like cheery family friendly vibe that was going on and it really it it just really puts you off and then the show just like recovers and we'll just move on so like that sounds a lot like twin peaks to me yeah it's like so the show's do it's doing this one thing where it's being a sitcom like 90% of the time and then all of a sudden it will just dip into something and let you kind of know like yeah there's going to be more and that's not all this is so it's just this weird mishmash of genres in a way. And even, um, like, I'm not going to give spoilers about it, but this uh, episode four came out on Friday, and that episode isn't even a sitcom. <laughs> it's it's more of a almost, like, traditional MCU-ish episode. Or, like, it's like an episode hmm. of, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. But it's just it it just drops the sitcom thing for an episode. So... You kind of never know what you're going to get with it, but I think that's what's cool about it. And then, uh, like, I think this is like, like I was saying earlier, I think this is what they're going to try to do with the next series or like phase four or whatever they're on. Because I heard the new Doctor Strange movie is supposed to be like a horror movie or something. And if that's true, that's going to be awesome. So I I hope they keep doing this like genre bending stuff. And Dane, it's Doctor Strange directed by Sam Raimi. Oh, finally. Yeah. That's good. They should do Doctor Strange crossover with Doctor Sleep. They should do Doctor Strange crossover with Doctor Sleep and Doctor No, the Sean Connery James Bond film. <laughs> All of the doctors coming together. Yeah, what's another doctor they could add? From um from Doctor Who. Maybe like also the doctor from the uh from uh the misadventures of Flapjack, Doctor Canuck or uh, Doctor Barber, who's also a uh who's a surgeon and a uh barber. Mm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> i mean that good sounds bit, like a honestly bit. a good idea though i mean disney is pretty smart with the marvel stuff so i mean i will say i i'm not really that interested in seeing most marvel movies but i will say that they're they're doing it well they're doing it as well as i would hope uh like a multi-million dollar billion dollar corporation would handle a, a franchise yeah i'm really can't really say that about star wars is that exactly but dude you know they're turning uh, it around mandalorian season two it's the star it's it's the iron man of what you know it's the iron man of star wars it's like star- well it's weird it's cool you say that because it was directed by the same guy who directed iron man <laughs> that's john a favreau. great point <laughs> yeah john favreau kind of stepped in and is, he's a great director yeah He's, I just it's kind of weird Chef that he it, he, he made uh, my least favorite movie of 2019 though, which what? was the Lion King remake. <laughs> oh, I, did, I I skipped that because it looked like dog shit to me. But uh, but to be honest, it's like, do you really direct that kind of movie? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, what exactly is there 
to do as a director on the movie like oh seemed, good job animating the lion i don't know <laughs> like i mean he good job making like, the lion look real good similar job. to like james cameron he seems like a director really interested in like experimenting with new technology so he was probably he probably had a hand in that kind of stuff like animating yeah. the lion and giving seth rogan like a weasel i saw some interviews with him about the movie and he seemed to be excited about the technology so you could be right about that that he wasn't aware of the uh the implications that come from even remaking the lion king in the first place it seemed like he was just like excited to make a cool like tech demo <laughs> which essentially that's what the movie is uh did, he also did the jungle book it's not i think yeah but the thing is the jungle book that was cool is, i like that movie the, you know why it was good is because it, the original is not really anything to write home about. I will say that. I mean, there are probably some Jungle Book fans listening. I know, whatever. But the original <laughs> Jungle, Jungle Book, Book is, is, yeah. But the original Jungle Book, I mean, like it doesn't really hold up, and it's mediocre at best, in my opinion, as far as like animated, classically animated Disney movies go. Like it's probably in the C to D tier. Yeah. <laughs> so probably. like. He didn't really have a whole lot to work with, and I think that he made a lot of like positive changes, especially in the casting um, of characters. Like the voice acting for the the Jungle Book was appropriate. The voice acting for the Lion King was pointless and stupid and didn't make any sense. So there's that. <laughs> I was talking about this with some other people the other day about the Lion King remake. And how everybody is like, they recast everybody in the movie except for Mufasa for some reason. <laughs> and James Earl Jones is literally like 95 years old now, and he sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like they, they like put a microphone up to him while he was on his deathbed. <laughs> like it sounds like pathetic and sad, and I hate it. And it makes the movie that much worse, which honestly, it's like, yeah, Mufasa. Having James Earl Jones' voice was awesome in the original, but like so was everybody else's voice acting in the original as well. So why didn't they bring back all of the original voice actors? Why would you only have to bring back the Mufasa? Like, doesn't make any sense. Jeremy Irons, uh, was it? Yeah, Jeremy Irons' scar is like even more iconic of a voice, I think. And whoever they fucking got to do Scar in the new one sounds like an idiot. I hate it so much. Yeah, I have uh, zero interest. I could talk about that movie for a while. I have I love the Lion King. It's it's hands down my favorite animated like classically yeah, animated dude. Disney movie by a long shot. So like I was excited to see what they were going to do with the remake because genuinely uh, like generally like I haven't hated most of the the remakes, but that one was just like so crazy and how badly it was done in comparison to the original. What is this cast for the newest Lion King? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. They got John Oliver as Zazu. It's so bad. They got the John Beyonce Oliver is, is not Lala. a good actor. <laughs> he's not a good actor. He's, he's a fucking he's a television host. It's like if they got like uh Jimmy Kimmel or something. <laughs> like it doesn't I'm make any sense. Didn't. Yeah, I know. Like how come Jimmy Kimmel isn't in the movie? I don't get it. Release the Kimmel he's, cut. And Kimmel like cut. Beyonce as Nala. Yeah, that's what? weird. I like Glover as Why? Simba. That's cool. Did he do a good job? No, I don't know. I couldn't even <laughs> tell. I honestly couldn't tell. Like nobody in the movie has like a, a has like a noticeable voice except I noticed um 
Eric Andre's voice because I love Eric Andre, but he's he has like three lines in the whole movie. Chance the rapper is in this movie. What? The- <laughs> what? Really? Wait, who, wait, who is he playing? It says Bush Baby. <laughs> what the? Fuck? I don't know. I'm what just I'm mean? just reading Ooh. the cast. Uh, I don't know what that character is. Bush, the iconic character Bush Baby from The Lion King. I don't know what that I, is. I think a, isn't a Bush Baby like a breed of animal? It could be. Yeah, maybe there was like a different. Maybe there's like a new scene that they added that I hated. I literally like that. I'm I'm telling you, it's my most disliked movie of 2019, possibly of the whole decade, because <laughs> I went and saw it in theaters. It was probably the last movie I saw in theaters, actually. Oh no! And from the literally from the second the movie started i was in a bad mood until the very end and then to top it all off as i was walking out of the movie theater i overheard some kids saying that was the best movie ever <laughs> i wanted to fucking turn around and punch them i hated it dude that reminds I, me I, of uh i hated I saw, it i saw the movie drive a great movie with ryan gosling right and <laughs> when i was walking yeah. out of the theater <laughs> not even actually not even walking out of the theater as soon as the the credits started rolling and the lights came on the guy sitting in front of me was just like very loudly. Well, that sucked. <laughs> cool. Glad you could announce that to the well, whole fucking theater. To be fair, they marketed that movie as like an yeah, action, did. like Fast and the Furious kind of movie, which it totally isn't. <laughs> and I bet yeah. he. Was if you go there watch the that. trailer for it, it's hilarious. Like it's so not what Drive is. <laughs> Yeah, and it turned out to be a cool movie, but yeah. That it is a really good movie. I think that guy was maybe expecting a cameo from Ludacris, and Ludacris was not in <laughs> Drive. He did not pop up and say, what's up, I'm Ludacris, I'm trying I'm trying to drive. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was not too happy, too uh, <laughs> glad about that. <laughs> but you know what I'm excited for? Do you know who uh, the YouTube channel your movie sucks is yeah of course um he made a really really great um video about kimba the white lion did you watch that uh no i haven't but i'm familiar with that's like a movie that the lion king ripped off kind of (laughs) yes and you should go and watch that video it's like two and a half hours long but it's like the best it's like i think a youtube comment summarized it very well where it's like it's the best quote-unquote well actually dot 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 of all time <laughs> because it's a very common misconception that the lion king ripped off kim the lion but that's entirely not true and and it's like not even close to being true oh wow <laughs> and oh, really he like goes it heavily heavily into detail because apparently he watched all, like what do you think kim of the white lion is you think it's a movie no it's a tv show and there are like multiple iterations of the TV show, and there are like TV movies that they made. It's like this whole franchise from like the fifties and sixties that originated in Japan. And um, yeah, he watched all of it, and he tried very hard to find anything that would suggest that the Lion King ripped off uh, Kimba, but it's just not true. And all of the videos that are like are comparing uh, Kimba to the Lion King are just like heavily misleading because they're comparing. They're like picking and choosing clips that like out of context look like they're directly ripped off. But like if you watch the show, it doesn't have anything to do with the same like kind of connotations. I don't know. It's very interesting. It's a very cool video. But the reason why he made that video is because for the last like two years, he's been working on a very, very long in-depth review of the Lion King remake. And he like went and decided to like go and check out Kimba the White Lion because he had heard that it was like a ripoff. And so 
like it was this huge rabbit hole that he went down and it ended up making a really good video out of that. But he's been working on this Lion King video for a very long time and I'm very excited because I want to see him fucking tear that vi- that movie down to pieces. <laughs> Cuz I I can't stand that movie. The existence of the movie, the, the entire movie sucks. All of it. Not a single good part of the movie. <laughs> Except for I, I will say this, the best part of the movie is the music, which was just reused from Hans Zimmer's score. The, the I don't think he even re-recorded anything. <laughs> they just re-re they reused all of Hans Zimmer's uh, uh music. That's badass. That's yeah. a power play. <laughs> so literally the only good part of the movie was like just them copy and pasting stuff from the old movie. Uh, I wonder who started the White Lion uh, or Lion King's ripping off Kimba meme or You know, I there's probably I don't know. I haven't seen the video you're 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 describing, Dane, and I will watch it because uh it sounds great. But it I is have, amazing. I've seen it like three times and it's like two and a half hours. <laughs> I imagine <laughs> that it's a case of like there's a crumb of truth to it and people are not that prone to go back and watch Kimba and the White Lion or whatever it's called. So it's it just keeps getting perpetuated because there's no one like going back and checking to see oh, that's all of what the story I'm... beats from Lion King are in it. Yeah, you would I'm think saying. that there must at least be a crumb of truth to it, but there is a not even one crumb of truth to it. Wow. There the only thing that they have in common is that they are about lions. <laughs> Yeah, like that's literally it. Because I feel like I heard about that a long time ago. Like I feel like that's the um, <laughs> it's like the uh, I don't know. There's this really good thing about this is so off topic. Um, did you ever yes. hear that thing about like you eat like eight spiders a year or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's yeah. some video or an article or something I can't remember, but basically the whole video was spent debunking that, saying it's like a common quoted thing, but the whole point of like every time that was brought up, like the sources would point to sources that say that sources can't be trusted, which also <laughs> I never yeah. source checked the sources for this video. So maybe that's a different point that's being made, you know, but what what like I'm getting at with this is like, I just looked up Kimba and there's a lot of links to articles like going back for a long time talking about how it's what the Lion King ripped off of. And it's like, I wonder how long people just kind of like took that. And just ran with it because that's it's yeah. cool that it's not. I always assumed the video might answer true. your question actually because he does trace the original like accuser back to this guy who wrote a book about anime. And in the oh, book about anime, an he has like a weed. whole chat. It makes sense now. Yeah, it was like this guy who who basically founded Weeb Culture. <laughs> he's like <laughs> he's like a legend uh, apparently, and he's very he- heavily respected by a lot of people. So. And he acknowledges that in the video, but he says that in his book called, I think it's called like watching anime or something. And it's about, it's about his experience. He's like an older guy. He's like, I don't know, 60, 70 years old, but he, um, he made a book, uh, like a long time ago called watching anime. It's about watching anime, obviously, but apparently (laughs) in the book, he has a chapter about the similarities between Kim of the white lion and the lion King. And a lot of, if not all of his points are flawed and uh, misleading. And I think that he, I don't know. I don't know what his motives are. It's hard to go into that <laughs> when you don't really know the guy. But um, point is, he clearly uh, tried to make it seem like The Lion King, which was made by Evil Disney, ripped off of this poor Japanese uh, animation studio. So uh, that, I think, is the source of it. And then people ran with that, and they made articles about it, and then that kind of 
got perpetuated. Yeah. And I think, and, and, and you guys should definitely watch the video. I mean, uh, shout out to YMS, uh, but he, um, he, he touches on why it, people might want to believe that. And I think it just stems from like Disney hate, like people who yeah. think that Disney is like an evil corporation. And obviously like, I disagree with a lot of things that Disney's done and, and a, a lot of people, I mean, probably feel the same way. But when it comes to the Lion King, like it's more based on um, Hamlet than anything. <laughs> like it ripped off Hamlet. That's all it did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, which is uh, public domain, which is what they've been doing since the very beginning, just ripping off of public domain. Yeah, but like I think, like Lion King in that era of all, especially all their animated ones, like it was more explicitly ripped off like all the other movies you know because they're just like fairy tales they like made more family friendly and lion king you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of uniqueness to it you know like hamlet similarity for sure but it's like i think yeah, it's like yeah. their one like original animated movie that did really well that was really good back then for and sure i think yeah. a lot of people were like well actually they stole this too uh yeah did you th- did you know that hercules is a ripoff of greek mythology what? <laughs> Uh, actually, yeah. Hercules is a ripoff of Kingdom Hearts. Did you know that Mulan <laughs> is a ripoff of a Chinese story where a woman joins the army in secret, and then they tried to remake the actual story for Chinese markets, and it failed horribly in America? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I didn't see that either. Uh, I didn't either. Uh, yeah, I'm not I, gonna I, pay- Mulan is my second favorite, and I knew better. Yeah, Dude, no Mushu, no Lion care. King. No Mushu, no care. Yeah, no, no Mushu. You kidding me? And also... She's like she she like um reveals herself to be a woman halfway through the movie apparently and people just don't care. Like that's kind of the whole point <laughs> of the movie is to show like sexism and like overcoming sexism. Yeah. But I guess in this story in this version of the story the way that they overcome sexism is that she's just like the most amazing fighter of all time and she can do backflips and shit. Like that <laughs> I mean, doesn't to be fair, sound appealing to me. Dope. <laughs> they are very cool. Yes, you're right. Oh my god. But yeah, I don't know. I don't care if it's more in closely in in line with the original, uh, like Chinese folktale or whatever, uh, like Mulan itself is based off of. But I really, really like the animated movie that they made in like the '90s because it has a lot of really great messages, and it has the especially best for song. children. Yes, it has a great uh, lineup of music, especially if you like getting down to business. Mm-hmm. What, what uh, yeah. better song? for you that one that one i feel like is a little overrated i will what? say that one of my favorite i it, it is good, so good but i'd say the best song in the movie is girl worth fighting for That's That's for sure but i don't know to be a man that has a great <laughs> uh beat saber track that you can play <laughs> oh really Dude, oh i gotta check yeah, that out yeah. oh yeah 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 so like what's great about it is um we used to get the this VR headset from our library in college because we could get that from the library for some reason. Um, okay. And we would have VR nights. And so we loaded Beat Saber full of a bunch of custom songs. And we found this Beat Saber cover where, like, they're describing what you have to do. So, or, you know, like, in the song, it's, like, to be, like, as swift as a raging river or whatever. Like, mm-hmm you're doing these movements that are like reminiscent of the things they're describing. Like there's this one oh, part sick. where one of the, those dudes, are clever. I like those maps. Yeah. It's those great. Like there's this one part, it's like I should have learned how to swim. And like, you have to like, there's like the wall that's coming at you. So you have to crouch down and like wave your arms. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. And like, there's a lot of the, the, the beats 
it feels like you're doing like swift like fencing sword movements. It's really cool. That's good. That's yeah, really That's cool. Good. Yeah, I'll check that out. Then I love Beat Saber. Badass, uh, gentlemen. Before we wrap up the pod, what are you playing now? Like, what, uh, what are you playing now? What are you excited for? Uh, I'm playing. I just started to play Pokemon Sword. Uh, long overdue. Um, and I'm playing it because lately, just to I don't know. It's I find it very like uh calming to watch Max Mofo unwrap Pokemon cards, even though I don't give a shit about Pokemon cards. And that has made me just remember how much I liked the Pokemon game. So I got Pokemon Sword and I'm liking it so far. Uh, so Sweet. we may talk about that in future pods, especially if you guys want to get back into Pokemon and play it. But Maybe I should get back into Pokemon Sword because I have not played the DLC yet. And I've been meaning to do that for a long time. Yeah, I got the expansion pass. So, I mean, uh, I would love to play that, especially because I know there's like the co-op max raid battles. That'd be dope to play together. Yeah. Yeah. I always really liked those max raid yeah, battles when all my friends were playing them. I would so. help with that. Yeah, I got I got, I got uh, one of my good friends to uh, pick it up, pick up shield. So, uh, so maybe, we, maybe, maybe we could get like a play group going. But what, what do you guys I own shield? <laughs> I mean, it's currently the year 2012, so obviously I've been playing Minecraft and Skyrim. <laughs> Those are the two games that I've been playing this year. It's very strange. Uh, but yeah, started a new Minecraft world at the beginning of the year. Played uh, an uh, like an admittedly unhealthy amount of that game for um, like three or four weeks. Well, I guess three weeks. Yeah. And then um, obviously burned myself out on it because when you play a game all day for three weeks straight, it burns you out so i'm taking a bit of a break from minecraft and playing the other game that came out this year to the year of our lord 2012 uh well it came out in uh 2011 late 2011 uh i'm currently playing skyrim and having a blast playing it because i know all of the ins and outs of how to make my character overpowered and i have like a bunch of different weapon and armor sets that I can just exchange at the uh, at the visit of my house to change my character's entire uh, build. So anytime that I get bored with a certain playstyle, I literally just go to my house and put on a different set of armor. And um, yeah, I was a mage, but now I'm a I'm a knight. I have a sword and shield. Oh, I don't want to play that anymore. I'm gonna play a tanky, heavy armor, two-handed battle axe character now. Uh, oh, I'm done with that. I, I'm going to play a uh, sneaky stealth archer now. Yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And I highly recommend anybody who hasn't played Skyrim in a long time to pick it back up because it's genuinely one of the best open world RPGs of all time. Still holds up to this very day. And uh, I can't wait for the next one to come out. I cannot wait. Uh, put me in a coma until <laughs> 2025 or whenever the fuck that game's going to come out. Skyrim is officially a motion pixels endorsed game yes uh, if you were on the fence about skyrim you know you've been kind of wait, <laughs> waiting to see what the consensus if is. you somehow haven't played skyrim <laughs> if so now should, is the I, time. should i play it this year <laughs> yeah you Have should you not play it wait matt got wait. dark souls it met back when we only had 60 dollars at a time for seven wait were you being time. serious earlier yeah when you was, said you'd never played it he I, got dark souls instead of skyrim <laughs> yeah okay well i mean that's not a bad decision but definitely you should play skyrim i mean yeah see okay 100 i have played it um i borrowed it oh, okay so i borrowed it for like i've played it has been in my xbox and i have engaged with the game for a period of time but i did this mm-hmm. thing where i heard that you could do anything in the game so when i started it i just decided i was gonna go west and i went west yeah. and i went into a quest line and the first the first quest line i found i, I found i did and then it broke 
and it, the quest line bugged and I was like, well, I'm not going to play this game. So I've, <laughs> I've never played more Skyrim uh, than that. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Well, you could try. I mean, like, I, it might be a little bit difficult to set up and I would be more than willing to help you if you ever did want to try and set it up. But Skyrim uh, is very easily modded by a lot of uh, very talented modders. And there is an un it's called the unofficial Skyrim patch and it's it's massive it's massive in its patch notes it fixes literally almost everything aside from like weird character clipping <laughs> I mean it just fixes all of the bugs that are like game breaking basically yeah they did that for like New Vegas and Fallout 4 right I think so yeah. I'm not I the only like game that I really mod very heavily is is Skyrim because it's actually worth it oh, okay um but yeah um it's really nice actually there it's been fun this time around because i have not been shy about just like if i'm in the game and i think to myself man i wish that this was different or i wish that this wasn't so annoying i can just go onto like nexus and type in like the keyword associated with that and someone has probably made a mod that fixes that or changes it in the way that i see fit mm -hmm. so it's been really really uh, of a, a nice experience, um, because when Skyrim Special Edition came out four years ago, uh, all of the mods for regular Skyrim didn't work unless the mod creator ported it over. So there was this weird, awkward period where I was replaying Skyrim again because the new uh, Special Edition came out, but there was no like no good mods available for it yet. So I was kind of like uh, getting tired of the game a lot quicker. But so much time has passed since then now. All of the people who have made all of these crazy mods for Skyrim uh, have ported them into the special edition. So, uh, yeah, you can you can now play Skyrim Special Edition, uh, which is like the nicer looking version of the game uh, f with all of the cool fancy mods that fix everything and change all of the things for the better. Yeah, I'll pro so. I might do that. I Skyrim's been on my like list of games to play for a long time. Um, You'd like it, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I would. I liked Morrowind. It's cool. I liked Oblivion. I played both of those. I just <laughs> just never played Skyrim. <laughs> and I played all the Fallouts, too. Like I, I like Bethesda RPGs. Gentlemen, well, it has been a wonderful uh, tour de force, really, of a uh, podcast. But I think it's about time to wrap it up. Because this has been the Motion Pixels podcast uh, currently the most based podcast on the internet. Uh, I am your co-host, August Meyer. August, say goodbye. Goodbye. Joined by my co-host, Matthew Rawlings. Matthew, say goodbye. Goodbye. And joined once again by the wonderful, talented, most based comedian online that I'm aware of, Dane Kevin Cook. Dane, say goodbye. Goodbye. Because this has been the Motion Pixels podcast. Theme song. Let's get it. Shout out everybody playing baseball. Do we need to do an outro bit? No.